Welcome to San Pedro, the podcast. My name is Mike Stark. San Pedro, the podcast is a virtual snapshot of the news, culture, politics, and the people of San Pedro. The segment of Los Angeles that sits between the Vincent Thomas Bridge and the breakwater to the port of Los Angeles. I'm with James Preston Allen, who has put together an album called Apparitions Ghost on Pacific Avenue. This two-disc set is a trip down the streets of San Pedro, or for that matter, the dark sides of many American cities. The title track gives us a Dylan-like Desolation Row overview of the individual characters explored in the rest of the album. Is that a fair synopsis of the album, Mr. Allen? Yeah, and what I've sort of come to realize in the post-production of the audio, you know, creating the lyric book that goes with the, uh, the uh, two CDs, is that it's organized as a a novel of song poems with each cut being a chapter in the exploration of this overall story. See them quite often standing there in the rain, lost in time or drenched in this place. The denizens of the street, walking wounded or insane, you only see them. You're passing through All of them appearing like ghosts out here The faces on Pacific Avenue Where there are all the familiar faces Strangers we see every day Standing down here where the buses all come to stop Like the old Filipino men in straw hats Who used to stand at Ethel's Donut Shop All these Croatians, Mexicans Even Salvador with this dry of a walk Cast out here like immigrants along the cement shore, all standing round with their hands in their pockets, so they got nothing left to do. They're just more ghosts out here. The faces on Pacific Avenue. 
streets of London Every tattooed sailor of the world They all come looking for something like love From a street walker or two The old horse just get ugly Wrinkled and fade into this gray harbor night There's one who looks like Tina Turner Oh man, oh she's just strutting her stuff just for you Dressing lavender, lace and blue Just one more ghost out here They faces on Pacific Avenue I'm Larry His friend Crazy Frank There's the pointer And oh the yellow man too Along with the greats like Shanghai Red Or Freddy the Hat who Are either living or dead You know they're The legends for sure They just go south here The faces on Pacific Avenue Sometimes I look out over my shoulder See the trash trucks like banshees come I see the young or the hip or the homeless Or a group of gang I want to be start to run Pass an old crippled man down on 12th Street Standing there with a vacant stare and worn out shoes He's standing at this crosswalk and all just wondering which way he's gonna lose But you know they are all dying To be ghosts out here too Oh, more faces on Pacific Avenue Gather round me, friends Listen to what I have to say With the price for living too close to these streets One you deny you ever have to pay Oh, you aren't too careful If you watch out what you do Find that white horse of death You know me chasing after you 
might be an incense salesman Or somebody trying to shine your shoes If you don't look out there As fate set for you You may become another apparition Faces on Pacific Avenue Many of the characters are uh, real people. Uh, some of their names have been changed. Some of them have not. Are you haunted by the ghosts of your city or do you embrace them? Oh, I, I think uh, generally one has to embrace the uh, sort of the supernatural uh, uh, part of, of any community. And, uh, the fact that these ghosts are either living or dead, uh, they, they are people who I have either known or know a lot about in the course of my 50 years uh, living in San Pedro. And it's uh, very curious because each of them, each of these characters are an inherent part of the fabric of Pacific Avenue. In, uh, in ways that are um, almost indescribable under other circumstances other than uh, lyrically or, um, or literarily. Well, but universally, as I said at the start, these people can be found in some form in most American cities, I think. I'm hoping that the, the imagery and the... Um, the authenticity translates to other places that are very similar. Right. And I, and I, and I think that the Pacific Avenue is like a lot of other places in right. America. Let's go back a little bit. When did you arrive in San Pedro? When, when did you come here and, and where did you come from? I, I actually uh, migrated here from Lomita, but I was born and raised in, uh, in L.A. County. Uh, even though I've traveled outside of Southern California extensively. But I first moved to San Pedro in uh, 1973 and rented a large one-bedroom apartment from this old Yugoslav landlady who used to cook um, Brussels sprouts to death. (laughs) And uh, I I can still, uh, to this day, uh, re- remember the uh, the smell of her overcooked Brussels sprouts uh, that used to infuse my apartment because she lived next door. Can you eat Brussels sprouts today? Oh, I, I try to avoid them yeah. as much as possible. I bet. I bet. Now, I, even though people have figured out better ways of, of, uh, of cooking them. Right. Yes. Now, you've started a really successful paper, a Random Links News in San Pedro, um, when did that start? When did you start the paper? 
Uh, that started in 1979. Uh, uh, it will be 41 years old as of uh, this December. Wow. And the evolution of that paper? Well, the evolution of the newspaper is that uh, it was based as being the antithesis to the uh, right-wing conservative Daily Breeze uh, press telegram. And with the uh, uh, intuitive knowledge that significant parts of San Pedro and, and the environs around it were based upon a uh, significant history of radical uh, progressive uh, union uh, conflicts in, and, uh, and interaction. And the ghosts of those people and events hmm. are things that still haunt the San Pedro Bay communities. Right. In the liner notes, it says that these songs were written between 1997 and 2010. Is that a fair uh, span for the, the writing of this album? Yes, except for one exception that um, I have to uh, admit that uh, the last song on the, on the second uh, CD, The Barefoot Saint, okay. was actually one of the first songs that I wrote about San Pedro. And I can't tell you the year in which I wrote it. Okay. <laughs> uh, but it was, it was one of the earliest ones. So these writings span over a decade of time. Yes. Um, are these things you were experiencing during that time period? Or are they characters from your entire life in San Pedro? Oh, it's uh, some of the in incidents go all the way back to my very first experiences in San Pedro. Okay. Um, there's one line in uh, the, the title track. Uh, like the old Filipino men that used to stand at Ethel's Donut Shop. And Ethel's Donut Shop hasn't been around for decades. Mm. You know, and those old Filipino men, you know, are no longer a living, probably. Right. So uh, there, there is a certain amount of compression of time uh, and uh, as well as space, perhaps, in, uh, in, in the telling of the story. Yeah. Now, there are a lot of characters in this album, uh, yeah. but the most famous character in the album is uh, Charles Bukowski, who played yeah. a big role in the culture of San Pedro and is included in this package in a song called Walking Through the Fire, tribute to Charles Bukowski.
came up to me and said, Hey man, aren't you the one? All the rights that newspaper don't see how you ever get it done.
How important is he to the city of San Pedro? Perhaps only tangentially. You see, Charles Bukowski was basically a creature of old L.A., the Hollywood strip before it became, uh, you know, such a tourist mecca. And then I think he lived uh, in uh, on the west side, maybe Venice or something like that, before he moved to San Pedro. And uh, Charles Bukowski, when he moved here, basically moved here so that he could enjoy some anonymity. And I can remember, you know, going to the post office, as I normally do in San Pedro, and running into this, you know, old, pock-faced, grisly character at, at, at the San Pedro post office. And he, and he was down there basically to, to collect his royalty checks. Mm-hmm. Because by the time that he came to San Pedro, he was a famous writer. Right. But there was just about nobody in San Pedro that knew who, who the hell he was. And so he could he could walk into the post office, you know, go and collect his his uh, you know weekly uh, royalty checks, and nobody, you know, nobody hassled him. Gave 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 a, gave a, you know, a, a bip about who this old geezer was, you know, and nobody uh, bothered him. They you know if if like he was in, still in Hollywood, there'd be people coming up to him asking sure. him for you know, autograph or trying to tell him about their poetry or something like that. And, and so I knew who he was for a very long time before I was ever, before I ever breached his privacy by being introdu- introduced to him by his wife. And that is, um, that is logged in the song, so how you is. met him, right? Exactly. And that is pretty much the way that it happened. And it was like stunning because, you know, here's this world-renowned poet who tells me that I only read two newspapers, yours and the Daily Racing Forum. And it's it's like a joke. And yet it was like... It wasn't, true. right? Yeah. It was true. But yeah. you have to admit, Charles Bukowski fits in nicely with the other characters on the album and the other characters that you talk about in San Pedro. Even though he he came late to the story, he fits in nicely with the longshoremen, the hookers, the bikers, the other people oh. you talk about. Yes. And and, and it was it's it was sort of why I think that he gets along well in the context of San Pedro is that he kind of hated Hollywood. Okay, you know the, his his uh, comment to me about having to uh, to deal with uh, Faye Dunaway on the the movie The Barfly. Right. I don't think uh, I could repeat for your on air uh, audience the part about him that 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 worked here was is that he was an authentic um, person, e- even though his literary uh, Handel or, or his literary persona, uh, Chernowski, was completely a, a fictional character, characterization of himself. All right. Mm-hmm. But his ability to, to tell the truth by his use of fiction is something that 
I think, uh, at, at a very strong impact on me as, as a writer. Let's move through some of the other characters on the album. Tell me about this biker that you chronicle his trips down Pacific Avenue in Windchaser. Who is that chasing you? Long time didn't know what to make out of you. Your defiance, your spirit seemed to be crushed. Clawed its way back some lonely avenue to a place impenetrable to hurt and fear. Yet that hurt and fear still remains Locked in your heart like amber Etched in your tattoos Images of love and pain That scream at you down on Pacific Avenue
Well, uh, the truth of the matter is, is that it's a woman. And she actually worked for me for a year. And so that, that whole year worth of conversations that you never quite figured out is about sort of the tension between her and me and all of the things that weren't said and all of the all of her issues as a human being and she used to to have this you know beautiful kick-ass Harley Davidson and you know it was it just sort of all fell together but the the interesting thing about her is is that she is part of the Blackfoot Indian tribe and the the line the ghost dance that you're dancing she actually um, participated in one of those ghost dance ceremonies you know where they put the hooks in in your flesh and you wow. spin around you know and you know it sounds like terribly painful but and there's some like curious references specifically to her life experience. And she is still with us? Uh, she, I believe, is still alive. I, I do believe that she decamped to Montana. Okay. 
But she has no idea that you wrote a song about her, right? No. The only person on the album who knows that I included her in a song is uh, Marilyn uh, down out the Alhambra. Down here, Maryland, at the Alhambra tonight. Just to go out and see who's on the scene. I can't be telling you what's happening there. You got the good and the bad and the drunk and obscene. Oh, take me for a ride tonight. Look at the door for the black and white 
Marilyn is uh, just a wonderful blues singer. She's had uh, uh, several cover bands. Uh, one is called Chess Pie. And uh, she used to be a regular uh, down at the Alhambra, uh, which is probably one of the last dive bars in San Pedro. Um, I mean, it's, it's the kind of place where people still smoke at the bar. You know, inside, you know, against all regulations and all that. Right. It, it, it's not the kind of place uh, that you take a woman on her first date. You know? <laughs> I got that. But there's a, a cast of characters there that uh, you could do a whole um, uh, Shakespearean play with. <laughs> Tell me about Freddie the Hat. Oh, Freddie the Hat.
there's shadows down the alley there's footprints in the mud there's crying from the window of the third floor Maryland sounds like fireworks but it might have been a gun but when everybody looks at you know it just To Harriet the nun, there's good and bad, and what's done is done. Then he turned to look around and said, oh, I best be out of town before the body gets found. This, if things go to go bang, but you never know what you know until you don't know what's next. Well, I studied the revolver in this context. I replied, We'd all be better off. We're less of these out on the streets tonight.
Freddie the Hat was this uh, squat, short, Sicilian bagman for what was then basically the uh, uh, the remnants of the uh, the local mafia. Mm. He actually uh, used to uh, uh, collect on uh, uh, bad betting debts, and his original moniker was uh, Freddie the Legbreaker. <laughs> but in his uh, waning years, he uh, adopted the Freddie the Hat because he wore a hat that was looked something like mine. And in fact, maybe I, that's where I sort of got the idea for, you know, wearing, uh, you know, Panama hats. And, and there was one incident, and, and I, I got to know Freddie uh, personally uh, over the years. For his uh, 80th birthday party, his uh, friend was uh, going to host uh, a lunch for him and his older buddies and, and, and their, their wives. And uh, I asked Rika whether or not I could uh, get Freddie a, a, a present for his birthday, his 80th birthday. And she goes, sure, what would you like to do? And I said, well, I was thinking of, uh, you know, uh, hiring one of those strippers that comes out with the uh, boom box and uh, having, having her do a show for, uh, for Freddie's uh, birthday. Because at this point, Freddie had been, uh, I think, widowed for a number of years. So Rika smiled and gave me the the wink and nod on it, and uh, sure enough, uh, you know I, I paid this gal I think 150 bucks or something. She shows up and uh, she turns on the box and starts doing this hoochie coo, and I swear to God, the old guys uh, that came to his birthday party almost all had heart attacks. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Okay, having spent a lot of time in San Pedro myself, the perception of you and your paper are wide-ranging. You have many advocates, but also you have a legion of detractors. What is it, and do you think, about your activism and your paper that brings on such strong feelings toward you and your work on both sides? And does that make you part of these apparitions. I've had to challenge myself with that. One, if people don't have a strong reaction to what you're doing, then uh, frankly, I don't think you are making much of an impact. And that's both, you know, positive and negative. I mean, I have people, you know, literally stop me on the street and, you know, give me the thumbs up, you know, or the, uh, the one finger salute. <laughs> And uh, either one is, 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 is a viable reaction to someone who has the courage to speak frankly about the issues of the day, the politics of their, uh, either their community or their country or, you know, the city. And I see this as, as all part of um, protecting, you know, free speech by using it and by... Uh, uh, enticing people into a, a form of civic engagement. So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't ever expect people to agree with me 100%. But uh, the truth of the matter is, there's more people that like what I do with the newspaper uh, than those who don't. So I'm, you know, I, I'm not playing for ratings at all. Well, you've, but, you've got 41 years behind you that prove that. I would say. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So. But, you know, on, on the other hand, I'm hoping that there's some things that I can do with this project that I normally couldn't do by writing an editorial or by doing a, uh, uh, a fact-based, you know, reportage of, uh, you know, an incident or incidents. Although some of, some of the things that are in the album are, in fact, true incidents that actually happened in San Pedro that were um, re- either reported on or um, uh, public knowledge. Of the songs that I did not play mm-hmm. up to this point, which one should I include to add to it? And, and we'll close it out with that. Probably The Death of Segura. Just like two black crows 
Death of Segura is, in fact, a true story about a young woman from a halfway house who ended up dying, uh, basically ODing down by the All-Star Inn. But the story starts out with the, the rumor that she got her throat cut. And that's told to me by... Uh, a bartender and you know the bartenders are are always good for passing around uh, whatever the the most recent rumor might be could be some of it laced with truth some of it uh you know enhanced you know and of course in, in a very in just what is it three or four verses i go from the urban myth of uh, the woman getting her throat cut to the crime scene to the fact that the police detectives got the coroner's report sitting on his desk. And the, the important, I, I think, punchline to the song is funny how things do get around. Hmm. The The actual refrain, I think, is uh, relatively poignant, if if not sort of kind of tongue-in-cheek. Apparitions, Ghosts on Pacific Avenue, James Preston Allen. How do people get this uh, album? You can go to the randomlengthsnews.com slash shop website. You just scroll down to the Apparitions 
image and all of that. Or you could uh, stop by the Random Links office 9 to 5. And I believe it will be available at the Page Against the Machine bookstore in Long Beach shortly. Cool. Well, I want to thank you, James, for doing this. And uh, good luck with the album and good luck with the paper. And you and I are working on other projects together. So this is not goodbye. (laughs) It is Alfreda Zane. Yeah, Alfreda Zane. So anyway, thank you so much. Okay. Thank you, Mike. And thank you for joining us for San Pedro, the podcast. Please like our Facebook page, share and subscribe to the podcast at facebook.com. San Pedro podcast, all one word. See you next time.